מה נשתנה הלילה הזה מכל הלילוס, מכל הלילוס, שבכל הלילוס אנו אוכלים חמץ ומצה, חמץ ומצה, הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה כולו מצה, הלילה הזה, הלילה הזה כולו מצה. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shual Medarshim Shosh Miyom. Today is the sixth day in our quest to learning all about the holiday of Pesach, which we are going to begin our learning right now. We are in Mishnah's Pesachim Perik Gimel, Mishnah going all the way through Mishnah Gimel. We're going to start, we're going to start now. Elu Am Ovrin Pesach. These are the things that we, that we remove uh, from Pesach because you're not able, able to own them because they have some sort of chametz in them. Kotach Habaveli. Which is some sort of Babylonian, Babylonian kutach, which is get this, made out of sour milk and moldy breadcrumbs, which is apparently what they ate in in, Babyl- in Babylonia. Vizisim hamitzvi, and in the uh, I'm sorry I skipped a few. Vesach haamadi, and then also the 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 median beer, which apparently beers in the time of the Mishnah were made only of dates, and there was no there was no wheat. Apparently, to my knowledge. Um, a lot of a lot of beer nowadays has wheat in it, but in spe- specifically in in um in Madai, um in me- in media, that's that's where they made the the wheat. That's where they made beer out, made out of wheat at the time of the Mishnah. The chometz adomi and 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 the and the vin and the vinegar of of uh, idumin, which was made with barley, vizisim amitzri and Egyptian zisum, which was made of the delectable combination of barley, saffron, and salt. Kind of makes you um. Appreciative of the fact that you grow up in the that, that you live in the in the 21st century with 21st century food choices and not a barley saffron salt cocktail. Now we're going to talk about something that's called a chametz nuksha. Whereas before we were listing things that had a chametz mixed into it, now we're going to talk about certain types of chametz that exist, but it's not really something that you would want to eat. And you'll see what I mean in a second. Vizomin shell sabayim, bran water used by used by people who may die, so they soaked wheat and and barley in it. And it made some sort of red dyes. So afterwards, the water um, is part of this category. And the last two are the, it's called amilan, used by cooks. So apparently they would take some unripe grain and and make bread with it and then put it on the mouth of a pot to absorb the bad smell. Again, I hate to, to, to uh, desecrate these people's food choices, but if you have to put bread on top of your pot to take away the bad smell, are you doing something wrong? And then also the last thing is Vikulan shells farm and scribes glue, which apparently was made out of some flour dust that was used to, to glue together stuff. On these things. Another thing in this category is the cosmetics of women. Um, apparently um, ancient, ancient makeup that they used for certain cosmetic purposes had flour mixed in it and Again, that's a mixture that you wouldn't really want to eat. Zach called this the rule. Kol shehu mimin dagan harizah over Pesach. And then this is what Rabbi Eliezer says. This is his rule. Again, not everybody holds with this. Um, anybody, any, anything that has um, that has some sort of chametz in it, right? Even if it's not complete, something that you would love to eat, like uh, like the cosmetics that we talked about, or the scribes glue, if it's even remotely edible and it has... And it, and it has chametz in it. If it has leavened flour in it, then then it is usher and you have to get rid of it. However, 
the, although these things are forbidden, these mixtures, like we talked about, the weird mixtures of all these of all these ancient food choices, or or some of this, some of this chametz nukash, some of these, some of these different, uh, some of these different various uh, things that we talked about. These these are only these are only forbidden uh, by by biblical by biblical prohibition, and you don't get karis, you don't get the 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 death death by the by the hands of heaven, you don't get that decreed upon you. So it's a little bit less severe than than eating or owning straight out chametz. Next Mishnah. Batsik Shebitzitke Areva. It says dough that's in the that's in the cracks of, of some sort of kneading bowl. Right? So you have a bowl and then you have, you know, inevitably stuff sticks to the bottom. It's very simple. If there's one kazais, if there's one valid measurement of an olive stuck together in one place, you have to destroy that part. And if and if not then all of the all of the small little pieces they're not enough to make anything substantial and so it doesn't really do anything. And the same thing when it comes to tum. Let me explain this very quickly. So if something tame touches something that's ritually impure touches this dough, if the dough is big enough, if it's one if it's one kazais, it's considered to have some, considered to have substantiality. And so it itself, this little one olive sized or more sized glob of dough receives the tumma, the bowl is still fine. However however if it's really small and for example, if I take a dead rat and I I'm sorry for graphic details, but if I take a dead rat and I touch it to my to my piece of dough, if my piece of dough is smaller than a kazais, again, we just said that it's considered to be part of the bowl if it's under a kazais, so therefore it it, it transfers the tumma right to the bowl. Im makpidalov if if somebody is particular that they don't wanna that that and again, Ravadi Bartunu basically explains that in this case, this is talking about the rest of the year. That that case was talking about during Pesach. However, this case is talking about is talking about the rest of the year, where it's not going to be about the about the size of the of the of the of the chametz. In this case, it's going to be about your intentions about the chametz. So if you so if you don't want to leave the dough in the crack and you're planning to remove it, um, and so it's not considered part of the part of the bowl anymore. Um, so chotzeitz, it serves as a as a barrier to the tumma. The tumma doesn't doesn't attract it. This is during the rest of the year, mind you. And if he wants to keep it there, then it's gonna then it's then it's gonna um then it's gonna touch the bowl. But but Now we're gonna talk about something that's called silent dough. What's silent dough? So usually, you know, you see chefs do this a lot. They smack the dough. After after they finished making the whole making the dough process, why not just because it looks cool, but also if you hear a certain thump, it'll let you know that the dough had had leavened, the dough has has risen, and and it's now considered chametz. And so this dough that we're talking about in this in this mishnah, it's, it's kind of like demai in the sense that we're not really so sure about it. You know, you, we, they smack it, but it's 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 cherish. It's it's like deaf, like it doesn't make any noise. But based off the time, it really should have leavened by now. So what's the rule? If there is another dough that you made at the same time and it did make the smacking noise, you could assume that even though this dough is not making the smacking noise, it too had leaven. However, again, if you made dough at the same time and both of these doughs hadn't 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 brought out the desired sound sound, then you could assume that both of them are indeed uh, have not leavened yet. Okay. So how can we separate challah from a dough as in a state of tuma and yontov? So this is a very detailed question, but it says it cannot be left as dough because since it'll, since it'll it'll it will become chametz, right? So we can't leave it. So we got to do something, but we can't bake it because we can only bake on on yontif, things that that will be eaten that day. 
and and challah that is tame can't be eaten even by a kohen. So nobody can eat this, right, in the state that it's in, and it cannot be burnt because it is, you're not allowed to burn um, truma and challah on yantif. So how should somebody making tame dough on, on yantif? How should they how should they deal with the obligation to separate challah? Now that we just eliminated a lot of options. So now there's gonna be three opinions. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, "Lo tikra lashem acha the person making the challah should not designate the portion of the challah until it's baked. So they should they should remember because you're you're not able to to separate out something and to cook something that's not eaten that day. So you bake the whole thing as if you're going to eat it eat it that day. Uh, you bake them all into matzah, and then you separate out one of those matzahs as challah. Sounds a little bit paradoxical. One of the matzahs is challah, but again, we know challah just refers to the the separation that you take out. Check some of our previous year. It it just refers to the separation that you take out that you have to give to the kohen. And so, and so you bake everything, and then you designate one of the matzahs as chal. Rabbi Yehuda ben Beser, or Rabbi Yehuda ben Beser disagrees. He says, "Tatil bitzonin, you should you should um, separate chal from the dough, and then put it in cold water. It'll prevent it from from becoming from becoming chametz. Remember, because we said that we said also in another previous year that that cold water prevents stuff from becoming chametz. I'm Rabbi Shua. Rabbi Shua says, "Lo zeh lo um, he says he said that this this piece of challah is not is not is not that we're afraid that someone's going to take it and someone's going to find it and maybe accidentally someone's going to eat it. Ella, rather you separate out the dough and you leave it until evening and if it becomes chametz, it becomes chametz. And and why don't we care? Because once once the person separates out separates out the, the portion of challah, who cares if it becomes chametz anymore? Because you don't own it. It belongs to the coin. So if it becomes chametz, then it's not your responsibility. I hope that you are excited because I want it closer to the holiday of Pesach. Have a wonderful day.